Welcome to The Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, and with me again today is my co-host, Mike Lawless, IMEG's Director of Innovation. Mike, how's it going today? It's going well. Great to be here again. Today's episode is part one of a two-part conversation on the topic of building data. Our guest for these two episodes is Brendan Buckley, IMEG's Project Executive for Building Intelligence and Integration. Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Great. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be here. Before we dive into the topic, Brendan, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, new role here at IMEG and, and your background? Absolutely. Um, so the, my new role here at IMEG is really focusing on helping our clients leverage um, all of the technology that they're putting into their buildings. That can be everything from facility systems to IT systems to uh, specialty technology systems for like hospitals, that'd be like electronic medical record or for like schools, that'd be like a learning management system, just as an example. Uh, just came over from Johnson Controls, was there for about 14 years, and I was leading their vertical market teams for technology solutions and engineering, uh, doing very similar type of uh, uh, similar type of role. And before that was with uh, IBM, uh, was part of their was actually a principal for their global services consulting group. And again, uh, worked in a similar kind of vertical market space, and also uh, kind of worked in that smart building technology area as well. Yeah. So Brendan, I think it feels to me in the last five years there's just more and more data available in buildings. How have you seen this evolve over, over the last five to 10 years? Yeah, that would, that would be an understatement, Mike. It's uh, there's been an amazing amount of data that's, you know, with all the IOT sensors that are, you know, that have been evolving and coming uh, to market and that are being deployed by a lot of uh, building owners. And, um, you know, depending on the type of building, it, it varies on the amount of data that they're collecting. Um, but, for the most part, you can say across the board, um, there's been a dramatic increase in the amount of you know sensors and data that's being collected um, in the facility side, but also in the occupant side and, and on the business that's actually being conducted within these buildings. There's uh, even more data being aggregated there as well. So we have this data flow, and I, I guess one of the questions that I think comes to my mind is we have this data. Does that mean we have a smart building? <laughs> um, it's a start. Um, you know, when you really think about the definition of smart, it's, I think about the brain and the brain has obviously a lot of cells and a lot of ability to access data, but it's, how does it connect the data? What does it do with the data? You know, that's what really defines intelligence is, is the ability to respond and adapt and learn off of the you know, vast amount of information that's being provided and to sift through and find out what is actionable data and what is not. So unfortunately, just having the, you know, data uh, doesn't really get you all the way there, but it's a good start. You got to have uh, a lot more around um, being able to process, be able to actually make the data usable and to be able to, be able to cross the different silos of, uh, you know, functional silos and uh, between you know, facilities or it could be the business operations or or the specialty systems. It's got to be able to 
be able to be translated and be normalized um, to make that data uh, liquid. So data liquidity is a really big part of, you know, literally the next step of we collect the data and now we have to make it usable by at least making it to be able to be leveraged, interpreted and read and understood by other systems. As we think about the, the intelligence we have in buildings now, the sensors, the internet of things, you know, all those different parts and pieces, we have insight into just a number of things that happen in the building from energy to, you know, scheduling systems. We have access to what the people are doing in the building. I mean, it's, it seems to me that the data isn't the limitation. The limitation is in what are we trying to solve and how do we connect the dots? I mean, is, that, is that kind of what you're seeing as well? Mike, that brings to mind, uh, uh, Brendan, uh, I think maybe an example of that yesterday, uh, you were talking about a hospital project and was it Singapore? Correct. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a great example, isn't it, of what Mike's getting at here? Actually, it is. Um, it was a hospital, as you mentioned, Singapore that had just been built uh, that we were working on and they came to us with a challenge, uh, even though they were a new hospital had only been open for you know about a year. Uh, they had the worst survivability rates of cardiac arrests. So if you had a you know cardiac arrest, or sometimes they call it a code blue event in that hospital, um, you were twice as likely to uh, to die uh, in that facility than you would at another any really any of the other facilities within that country. So uh, the Singapore government and the, you know, their, their ministry of health, which obviously runs the hospital, uh, had requested some help and support. And we worked with them and found out that it was taking too long to respond. So we were able to speed up that response time by, you know, integrating, you know, the, the telemetry, you know, the patient monitoring systems that would detect that event, um, and automate that with, uh, with that manufacturer, uh, we were able to work with them and then had a sequence that leveraged the integration of the telemetry device to the nurse call system that then, then notified the actual um, clinical staff that would respond to that event. And then we tie that even into the elevator systems that would help get them to that floor faster. So we were able to cut the response time in half. And as a result of doing that, uh, increase the survivability rate by 300% for uh, the patients that had those cardiac events. So that was data that was literally turned around within one year. They went from being uh, probably the worst place to have a cardiac event to becoming, quite frankly, the the best. Yeah, no, I think that's a great example of how do you take this data and leverage it to to make a difference. In this case, reducing the the reaction time for doctors and nurses to a cardiac event or code code blue event and reducing that time. And then, I mean, in the end, this is a is a light, you know, life-saving application of data. And and I guess that leads into the question, you know, in, in healthcare, obviously, you know, there's, we're impacting lives, you know, maybe more directly, but any building owner is there, I guess, Brendan, is there thinking about, Hey, I've got my building, I, I've got this data in it, or I'm building a new building and I'm, I'm going to have all this data available. How, what kind of recommendations for you to, do you have for them as they start to think about how to proceed and how to, how to leverage and, and get benefit from some of that data? It starts with, unfortunately, a term that I think it's overused and it's to think holistically about it. I, um, if for, it doesn't have to be a hospital. It could be airport, could be an educational institution. 
you need to think outside the silos of of what you know of that data. So, for instance, you know the best way to get a, a building to respond and be smart is to have it know what's going on within its four walls. So, how do we know where uh, you know what's going on with the occupants? How do we know um, you know is there something that the building could be doing to actually help out? With its whether it's with the delivery of care or the education of, of a student uh, or the delivery of a product, um, and I think that, you know the more that that kind of awareness is understood, and you start looking and thinking broadly, starting off with blue, you know, blue sky on you know if if you can make anything happen and, and make you know you know wave a magic wand and and have a building be able to help out, what would you have it do? And that's usually a good place to start. And then you start to think about what data would be involved and what kind of communication would need to happen between those different systems, whether it's on the facility side or clinical side or instructional side. Or, um, and, and really think about what, what information would that have and what action would that drive. So, so do you really start with this, you know, whatever the building use is, you know, it, it whether it be a hospital and patient care students in a, in a educational facility or products, you know, from a manufacturing, you really start with what, how can the, the building and the data we have in the building impact their business? Is that, is that where you start? Absolutely. Even though it's an amazing thing to be able to maintain a, a comfortable, safe, sustainable environment, um, to have it actually help you with your job. There's, there, let's just say there's a lot more we should be expecting out of our buildings. And, and that's really, you know, the first thing is to expect more. The second thing is, is to really understand, you know, you know what processes or what areas um, could having a little additional help from the building or help from the systems within the building, um, what, what could that, what outcome or what result could that drive? And, you know, what gaps could that fill or what kind of benefits am I not getting that I probably could be getting out of, out of these building systems? How could I make them smarter and, and respond and react and uh, support what our initiatives actually are? What, what that could even look like is, is a big step. Because once, once you're there, there's a lot of technology and integration capabilities and APIs, which are application programming interfaces, which are hooks. There's a lot of pathways between the data now. Uh, the different systems uh, where we can access that data and do a lot of things with it. But you first have to think about how, how could, or how should you even use it? Right. And I think Brennan, that's a fantastic segue into our next discussion, our next podcast, the digital twin, because that's how, you know, I think we want to define what a digital twin is in our next episode, but that's what the direction some folks are, are taking this is how do we, use a digital twin to potentially be part of this solution to, to making our buildings deliver more for us. Absolutely. There's an incredible amount of money spent in just to, you know, facility technology, you know, building automation, security fire. And then you start getting into the specialty systems and the IT infrastructure to support that. It is such an amazingly large investment um, that goes into it and to not get as much bang for the buck uh, out of those systems. Uh, to me, it's a shame. That was Brendan Buckley, IMEG Project Executive for Building Intelligence and Integration. We hope you join us next time for part two of this conversation when we'll talk about digital twins. Until then, 
Thanks for listening and take care.